Welcome back to Her Bold Story Season 2, a podcast focused on bringing you bold stories from inspirational women of color. Our phenomenal woman today was born and bred in Mitchell's Plain. She has 24 years of corporate experience, which includes many system implementations across the financial, retail, and pharma industries. And today, she's the Chief Digital Officer at Zipla Africa. A warm welcome to Genevieve Manal. I'm excited to kick off our conversation today. Welcome, Genevieve. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. Let's let's jump right in. Um, Jen, you have a true she-hero story. Today, you are the Chief Digital Officer at Zipla, who many years ago started as a teller at Woolworths. Tell us about this journey. Where did it start? Yeah, so I finished, I matriculated at Cedar um, Secondary School in Mitchell's Plain, and my parents, both of them are um, factory workers, so there wasn't really funding for me to go and study. Um, so I got a job at Woolies, first at Blue Root, and then mm-hmm. in the waterfront as a teller. Um, my dad then got a just a bursary for, for one year. Um, this, I think it was some um, clothing union, and it wasn't much, but they could get me for the full year. And when I was writing my exams during my financial management course, which was the course that I had planned on taking, I got a temp job at Metropolitan as a letter opener. And, I mean, I was 19 years old. That was the first time I I remember I got paid 750 rand a month to open all the letters of the the customers whose letters were returned and the addresses were maybe not correct. But I was a a really great letter opener, really passionate. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they offered me a permanent job three months later. So that started my corporate journey. Mm. And then from there, Jen, I mean, starting at Metropolitan, like how did you make the moves into where you are now, the shifting, the changing? Yeah. The one thing that I'm very thankful for at Metropolitan, Metropolitan is the way I knew it, was a Mm. family, you know. And so I was this young 19-year-old and, you know, the aunties in the department, Mm. they used to (laughs) look after us. And I was also identified as one of the um, talent, the raw talent Mm. that we had. And I was set, like a journey was set out for me where I would be seconded to different departments in the business to grow my experience. I was also selected to go onto a women in leadership um, program, you know, and when I started these things, I didn't know what this was, you know, um, but I was there. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Let me anything that they offered and that they wanted me to do, I would do. Um, And that's where the journey started, like really, really the passion for corporations and the work that they do. And I ended up being the youngest executive at Metropolitan at 29. I was looking after a department. The passion for data grew then as well. So I enjoyed working with data when I joined one of these projects. And about 14, 15 years later, I mean, I stayed there very long. They really looked after me. But I did need to move. You know, Mm -hmm. um, my mentor then, my then boss, he left about a year or two before that. And then the merger happened. And then there was an opportunity for me to also leave. So I left Metropolitan, 
I, went, I did like a stint, like a, a year stint at a um, consulting house and then ended up at the Fashini Group. So I looked after business intelligence there and they call it enterprise knowledge management. And then post that, I went to CIPLA. So I was just promoted um, to the Chief Digital Officer of CIPLA Africa. So quite a journey, very exciting journey. Yeah, and I'm very, very excited about the work that I'm doing in tech as a female Mm. in South Africa. Mm. I mean, that just the story, thank you for sharing. You made such big moves. You made such different moves from what you studied in the beginning to where you find yourself now in IT. But with each new height that you reached, what were some of the unwavering values that guided you on your journey? So the one thing that, there's two things that my mother always used to tell me. She's like, always protect your credit score and protect your integrity. And, <laughs> and it's something that I even tell my daughter. We were having a chat last night and mm. she wants this iPhone 12. And I'm like, why do you want this iPhone 12? Um, I mean, a pandemic must protect your credit score. That's cool, mom. That's cool. I know. So so I do think the integrity part is something that's carried me through. Um, mm. Making sure that I'm always living according to the values I was raised and the honesty, you know, the being kind to people. But I think the one thing, this is not this has not been an easy journey. I always tell when I when I chat to people about my career, it's it was like snakes and ladders. It's not that I just took steps forward every single time. It was you know, sometimes I get the ladder and sometimes I get the snake. So it's like, mm. you know, it's it's five steps forward and then it's another 10 steps back and it can knock you. But the one mm. thing that I do know and I, and I find now more than ever is hard work is the only thing that's going to help you reach your dreams. So you can be mm. happy and you can be lucky and you can meet, know the right people. But at some point, you're going to have to prove your weight and gold if you are not working hard. So definitely the hard work and the integrity. That is something that I will carry with me always. Mm, such good values to to always ground yourself in. You mentioned snakes and ladders. I love that analogy. What were some of the highs and the lows of this 24-year journey? Yeah. So, you know, when I started with with the data side of my career and with the technology side of my career, it was very apparent that this was a male-dominated industry. Mm. And I I always tell people like there's definitely no male bashing. Like I'm a feminist, but it doesn't mean that I bash males mm. because my mentor was a male. But when you're in an industry like I am, it's very, very difficult those years to actually make your mark and, and for people to actually listen to you. Mm. But I've always been one of those people, like I don't like playing small. Mm. Um, I don't like being apologetic about who I am. And that's why when people ask me where I'm from, I'm like, I scream, like I'm from Rockland's Mitchell's Plain mm. because I feel that that was my grounding. That was the foundation. And and that's the thing that I also carry through. So I am a good, but, but what I always tell myself, so find your girl from the Cape Flats. Mm. You had no money, but you had big dreams. So, yes. so what, you know? The other big thing is, that I that I carried with me is the day that I finally got to the point where I started being given opportunity to 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 voice my views. Mm. I made sure that I knew what I was talking about. Mm. And I think a lot of people will get a seat, 
or they'll get an opportunity to speak, but they might not have done the work to prep it. And especially if you're in a male-dominated industry, it's not as bad now. I think it's a lot better. We've transformed a lot mm. in the space. But 20 years ago, I had to work double as hard just to have myself heard. The other mental like shift that I needed to get was, you know, I had to assume radical responsibility for the outcomes in my life. Mm. Um, I think we've got lots of examples of people expecting because of my background and because of this and because of that, you know, I want handouts. Mm. And when I say radical, I would sometimes, even t- even today, I would dream so big and I would end up laughing at myself like, who the hell do you think you are? The audacity that you have that you think you could do that. Mm. But I don't like that. That's exactly what I want and that's what I'm going to go after. So yeah, so that also seeing endings as opportunities. It's a big one. I have I have a vision board every single year. Yes. I, I create this vision board every January and it's plans for the year and it's crazy dreams. It's dreams that makes me nervous and mm. laugh at myself, but it's still my dreams and I keep it there and I, I work towards it so that it's in front of me all the time. Mm. So yeah. Now I you said so many good bits in there that I need to pick apart the one that sticks for me or stood out for me is around what you said playing small and the ability to then not like you didn't allow that for yourself you said I will play big so what is I guess what was the shift from playing small to big why did you have to do that Um, what drove you to say I'm going to play big and this is how I'm going to show up you see, when, when you play small, you're not serving anyone. Mm. I've been put in, in roles for a reason. And when I get into a role, for me to, to you know, fumble into a ball of apology is not going to help anyone. Mm. So when I'm given a role, regardless of how big or small, I need to take responsibility and accountability for that role. Playing small is not going to serve the outcomes of that role and this is where me as a mother, me as um, a daughter, a sister, any role that I have, if that's the role that I was given, then that's the one that I need to step up. Um, a woman in a, an industry like this, you you will kill your career if you are going to play small. Mm. You have to step up, step into the role that was given to you, and you need to make sure that when you do have, and, and I say this so many times, but when you do have the floor, make sure that your comments and your feedback comes from an understanding and that you're not just talking for the sake of talking. Mm. Ah, I, I, nail on the head. Um, mm. When given the opportunity, come prepared. Um, yeah. And then state your case. Don't be kind of scared by the room. Step into the space is what I'm hearing from you. 100%. And, and Jen, you also touched on such a good point around the audacity of yeah. your dreams. And I need to pick at that. Like, I just like that saying even, like the audacity yeah. of, of the greatness that you envision for yourself. Um, yeah. Where does that come from? Where does that energy to dream big, um, yeah. to not be afraid, like you're saying, it may make you... You chuckle, it may make you scared, but yeah. you have to be afraid of stepping into that space. My my parents and my family says I've always been one of those rebels and, and hard-headed mm. people. Um, 
You know, my mother's my mother's one of those those families that were thrown out of District Six, and then we ended up in Mitchell's Plain, and we, you know, we didn't have much. But she she says I would make do with what we have and like turn it into something else. Mm. But while I was growing up, it was a happy childhood, so happy, like poor but mm. happy. Mm. But the one thing that I always spoke about, because even though I'm going like, oh, I didn't have money to study, I was disappointed because I had so much dreams for myself. And I just kept thinking, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? Mm. And that was my driving force. So that when I do have kids, my daughter won't be in the same position. So if she wanted to go and study, she could. Mm. So I didn't want, you know, for me to do that or for me to, to have that type of you know, childhood for for my child or children. And that was my driving force. I also wanted, I wanted my mother and my my father to have a good life because I felt like they worked so hard and I thought I need to, they they started a great life in District 6 and then it was taken away from them. And I just, I want to end up giving them back Mm. the life that they would have had, if that makes sense. So I'm always trying to work hard and trying to share things you know, like I helped my mother travel for the first mm. time. She got on, she left the country for the first time. And those are the things that that I feel is my responsibility and I want to continue doing. Mm. I completely love that, that from what it sounds like, your drive is not just about yourself. Your drive is completely to bring others along the journey and to build them as well. And like you're saying, to give back for those that have that have supported you, that have brought you to the place? I do feel like I, because of my journey, I'm here to serve, whether it is kids in, you know, matric or grade 11 who needs to see someone that looks like them and, and comes from what they come from to give them hope, or whether it is to, you know, help my parents or, you know, set my daughter's life up for her, you know. So I feel like you don't go through this type of journey. I don't take it for granted. I've gone through this journey and and this should be played back into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I enjoy, you know, the visibility of talks like this because I want this to reach um, the kids that, that was me when I was younger. Exactly. And that role, I mean, you touch on a good point, the role model, having those yes. role models. For your journey, you've pivoted, but who were your role models in each of your stages? And also being in a male-dominated arena that you found yourself for such a long period of time for your career, who were those role models that kind of kept you grounded, that you could turn to as a means for support or or to navigate these areas? I have a fantastic, fantastic mental relationship with my boss from Metropolitan uh, Mike McDougall. I mentioned him at, and he's he's the most conservative, conservative guy. But I mentioned him at every chance that I get because he's one of those guys that allowed me to stand on his shoulders. I mean, he's an actuary, and he he was so attentive, and he mentored me in such a compassionate way. Always pushed me. You know, I would go, "Oh, I'm not going to do this," and he's like, "Jen, I want you to do this," and then he'll push me to the next level and push me to the next level. So him. Um, there's definitely these two ladies like Frida and Gail. These two ladies were the most passionate influence in my life. And then obviously people around me, even in South Africa, people around me. I 
I like looking at or, or spending time with people who are making a difference mm. and who's got that passion to to move the needle on the challenges that we're having, not just in South Africa, in Africa globally. Mm. Um, so that's the type of thing, the type of people that I love being around. Yes. And that support that you had over the years, I can only imagine is also part of why you are such a big servant leader then to give yeah. back. 100%, 100%. He spent so much time with me, even when I was no longer reporting to him. Mm. I could just check in with him um, if I had a question or if I had a concern about anything. Even now till today, um, you know, he's he's one of the first people that I told about my promotion. Oh. And even then he has some advice. He's, he's CEO of the Actual Society now. Mm. But he will always play back and he will always encourage me. And that is the type of, People I enjoy being around. And he's also very smart. So I, I try not to be the smartest person in the room. And it's, it sounds crazy, but I try to be around people who, who, are, who have done a lot more than mm. what I have done so that I can always see what the next step could be or should be for me. Mm. And that helps me when I, when I spend time with him as well. Uh, it's always good to have friends in your circles that push you and continue to push you. But Jen, I mean, coming to the point of navigating a male-dominated industry, how did you do that? How did you manage to do that? And like you said, today it might be a bit easier. We have allies in the room. But your journey a few years earlier to where we are now, how did you navigate that? I think my personality is quite like I'm, if I walk into a room, you will hear me. I've got a loud voice. Um, so, so my personality, I'm, I'm, I'm also quite social. So I would use, I would use the social side of, mm. of me also to try to find allies in these spaces. But I, I did a lot of research. So in the early years of my career, I mean, when I got into the tech space, all these new certifications and servers and, and, you know, data models and all of those mm. things, that was all foreign to me. I had to spend quite a bit of time like doing my own learning. And years ago, we didn't have like the availability of the internet like we have now. So it was a lot of research that I used to do in prep to have that conversation. So that when when someone gives me the chance that they leave, they're feeling like I can contribute to the conversation. And it sucks that it has to be this way, that women have to work that much harder. Mm. But I'm in a place now where when I do speak that you know, the audience is there. Mm. And I think now also with a lot more women in the space, I think the understanding of our role in the space is a lot more clear. And even with men, like in my role now at the moment, we do have mostly men in that leadership team, but that team is so supportive. Mm. And when I speak, they listen, Mm. you know, same as when they speak, I listen. So I think it's gotten to a point more of a respect thing in terms of the role that you play within your expertise now. That's that's the space that I'm in my career. Yeah. You touched on also a good point around just the motivation to self-study. Where yeah. that motivation and drive to, you know, nobody's hand-holding you from what I'm hearing or sensing yeah. in your journey. You are taking yeah. it upon yourself to say, this is where I want to be. So I'm going to do this. I'm not going to wait for somebody to say, you can go on this training. You invest, yeah. What I'm hearing is you invested in yourself. Where does that come yeah. from? 
So, I mean, you asked about the mental shifts mm. and, and I spoke about this radical responsibility. Yes. And that, so I've, I've always, like at any point in my life, I've got a dream of where I want to get to. Mm. So even if I move to that dream or achieve that dream, I then have a new dream. Mm. And that dream is usually the place that I want to get to. And then I usually break it down to these little steps. But learning, as I have realized over the last probably 15 years particularly, is the only thing that's going to keep me relevant in this industry. Tech changes all the time. Mm. You guys see with your phones and with with any laptops and stuff and apps, Mm. the apps are updated every single day because there's new technology that's coming out, there's new functionality that's coming out. Mm. So my role and the role that I play for me to add value to my business, I need to continuously learn. Mm. So I do these online courses in the evening as well. Um, just to make sure that I keep myself relevant and I can stay in the game for as long as possible. Mm. I'm sure many of us are probably wondering, you know, it's a, it's been a journey. You are a mom, you are a working woman. You are, like you're saying, you have your training, your, your learnings in the evening. How do you balance it? How, what's your, how do you keep it regulated, I guess, so that you can show up as your best every time? amongst all of these responsibilities? I mean, I would love to say champagne. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to be honest, Jen. Like we all like a bit of bubbles at Beautiful. the end of a good day. I have to be, I have to keep it real, yes. So, <laughs> so I mean, it, it has been a challenge. You know, I, I laugh when I talk about when, when Zoe was, my daughter, when mm. she was a few months old, I, I started doing standby for the first time. Oh. And I remember breastfeeding her while I was on standby. And she, the way she's grown up with me working a lot, mm. you know, and always being busy, etc. And the last few months I've started like with, um, you know, cycling and I've started mm. with the running. The running helps a lot. The running clears my head. Nice. But what I do find is that I do need like time where I just literally switch off from everyone. Mm. I need like just to take a step back. I've got friends who we all get together and we're like, okay, this has been a crazy week. Let's just try to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important that I've got a support system in with my family. I do have a friendship circle also who are also in the industry. Mm. So we, we, we check in with each other. How's things going? Do you need a break? Do you need, you know, let's meet quickly for, for a quick bite. Mm. And that's very important. We need to make sure that we have people that can lift us up when we are like literally crawling. Yes. So it does become difficult, but this is the one thing that I, that I do want to say. It can be done. My concern is that you have a lot of women that start the computer science information technology degrees mm. And then they qualify, then they get into the working world. But between 30 and 35, a lot of these women actually leave the industry because that's when they start having babies and then they want to dedicate their time to their family. You can do both. I just, I want, I want, when I have interviews and when I have to employ people in my team, I want to see more women put their names into the hat. Mm. And I'm just not seeing that now because of, the lifestyle changes that women go through and then they they pull themselves out of the industry. Mm. I'm so glad you touched on that. That is such an important part of possibly why many, many women and young women, they're on the trajectory and we have responsibilities and we want to start a family and then we kind of off, we pivot off the trajectory a bit um, 
and and that's very sad what what sort of how do you think as women how can we approach almost that conversation when with those in IT with our managers with our organizations to say you know this is where I'm in my career I'm planning this how do I make sure that when I come back into the workspace that I'm on the trajectory again that I haven't almost missed out on time or been put yeah. to the side yeah there's a few there's a few good things that's happened I mean COVID has forced a lot of things so I think the one thing which is great is the work from home so you can work from anywhere mm. you're a digital nomad you don't have to go into an office and I think that's helping with the balance of being a mother and um, having a job as well so I think that's the one positive the other positive is that there are organizations that are making huge changes in terms of their employment equality with men having similar, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, mm. but similar type of paternal rights where if they're having a longer time to be off when the baby's born, they also have a certain paternity leave mm. type of thing. Um, and that's where we get you know, shared responsibility of raising kids. And that's going to help more women come into the the industry or stay in the industry. Mm -hmm. But these conversations definitely have to be had. And because we are being a lot more flexible with our working environments, you know, this should be a lot easier. I just, I want before women and young ladies take the responsibility on themselves and step out of their careers, have the conversation with families, and with your employee before you actually step away because mm. the, the the importance of women, not just in leadership, but in the technology space is massive. We bring we bring a certain portion that, that, that males will never be able to do. Mm. We've got a level of compassion, but also understanding, um, particularly from a customer perspective. And, mm. and our customer is always the person that we are delivering to, right? Yes. And women have a really, really great way of dealing with that customer perspective. So we need more women in leadership and we need more women in technology so that they can help organizations do a lot better with their customer um, engagement. Mm. Definitely couldn't agree more, Jen. kind of pivoting back your journey there's no doubt you've learned a lot of lessons along the way the good the bad the ugly what are some of the lessons that that still serve you today that you keep close to you as reminders yeah so I think when I started I could have maybe tried to just always speak you know every opportunity that I get and a mentor of mine actually told me um, probably two years ago you don't always have to be the one that speaks the most. Mm. So I think what's important is that I do listen more. And I, I think I'm at a place in my career where I have an opportunity to listen more, listen to more ideas. I need to learn to delegate more. It's not always easy. And the thing that I've actually been thinking about this week, because there's a lot going on at work, mm. is that I need to save myself for the work that only I can do. Work that I can do and someone else in my team can, can do. I need to delegate that and so that they can focus on that. Mm. So that the important things that is work that Jen alone can do, that I really give that my full attention and do well at that. Mm. So it takes a lot of compassion and trust to do that, but I mean, it's something that I am working on. Mm. I like how you frame that for yourself. Work that you do and you do well. Um, yeah. That completely plays to your strengths and where you find yourself. 
Mm. Um, it's definitely something I think I'm also just going to keep in mind for myself. Um, mm. It's okay to let things go to the right people. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was a very important point. To the right people. <laughs> for sure. Um, but Jen, what sort of words of encouragement would you offer listeners starting their careers, in the middle of their careers, listeners who are navigating IT spaces, possibly maybe still being only the only woman in a room, what words of encouragement could you offer them? So I, I think that firstly, we, we're not in the business to play small because then you need to step out of the game completely. And why would you want to? Because you won't be living to your full potential. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, thank you, God, for my amazing gifts, but I'm returning it to send. I'm not using it. You know, it doesn't make sense. Mm. I think what's important, and, and in a lot of my talks, there's always this one message that I leave everyone with. And I say, you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. So that means if you're spending your time with people who make you feel that you need to play small, you really need to reconsider where you are focusing your efforts. Remove yourself from those situations. You need to be, so as an example, if you love reading, you, you can't be around people who think reading is a waste of time because mm. that's going to become your new normal. If you want to go into tech, you know, start joining like groups mm. that of people that are doing that so that so that learning about tech is like as natural a thing as possible because that's the people that you're around all the time. Mm. So do not play small. Take up your space, like move into the role that you've been given and don't be apologetic about it and make mistakes. You know, people sometimes are apologetic because they're scared they are going to make a mistake. So what? Make mm. a mistake. The only thing is if you do make a mistake, like get up very quickly and fix it. Yes. Like if you fail, fail quickly and move past it. Don't then go lay down and, oh, I made a mistake. So, yeah, so that's my, my two points. The mm. one is, just check your circle, check who you're around all the time. And does that have an influence of how you are responding? And secondly, if you fail, fail quickly, mm. move on. Failure is like the best thing that could happen to you. Mm. Ah, brilliantly <laughs> said, brilliantly said. Uh, failure is to definitely be embraced. It's not something yes. you should be scared of anymore. It's part of the journey. Yes, <laughs> yes. People think it's the opposite of success. Mm. It's actually part of success. Mm. I completely, completely agree. Um, but Jane, with, with all our shows, we like to ask our guests, which woman would you like to have at your dinner table and why? Mm. I've got two. The one is Cheryl Sandberg. I, she's the CEO of Google. Mm. I'd love to just sit at her feet and just hear her talk about her journey and how she's been navigating in her career and what's worked for her and just to see like what how different our paths have mm. been and, and if there's anything, I mean, I'm sure there's lots that I can learn from her Yes, because she's made such an impact, especially with her lean in organization, mm. which I am really, really passionate about. And then the other ladies, our very own Tuli Madunsela. I love just, I love the way she is also, you know what, let's deal with the issue at hand. Let's move past it. She's no nonsense and she's not afraid. She mm. she takes up her space 
And she does the job even when people are screaming and, and shouting at her. Mm. She does what needs to be done because that has been her mandate. Mm. So I love being around powerful women like that. So yeah, it will be those two. Ah, I love it. I love it. Two strong women, one from home and one from the States. Um, yes. Both both just phenomenal in their own in their own right and their own way. But Jen, this actually brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It's been a delight listening to it, to get the inside view. Um, this is amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much. No, thank you for being part of the dialogue and sharing your story. Yeah. It's because of, of women like you that we know it's possible. That's yeah. what it is. And that's we need more of it and we need to elevate more voices like yours. To our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. You can reach Genevieve on LinkedIn or on Instagram at OfficialLadyGen. To support the show, don't forget to subscribe via Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or recommend the show to a friend. We'll be back in your ears next month. Until then, be bold, be brave, be inspired. Thank you, Jen. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Inga. Appreciate it. <laughs> This is really awesome. Her Bold Story. In proud association with 168FM.